Hi, I'm Sonia. I'm Sapna. And this is Loudmouth Lokis. Hi, everyone, and welcome to season three of Loudmouth Lardkeys. Yay, it's so exciting to be here. Um, it might sound a little different this season um, for obvious reasons because of the COVID 19 pandemic. We are both not with each other, and usually we record side by side. So please stick through any sort of technical difficulties and we'll be working through it. But um, we're excited to be starting season three. Um, A lot has happened since we last caught up. Yeah. So there's a global pandemic. (laughs) Just to start us off. um, That's been fun. Just little cute updates. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. A lot has happened. Um, I remember it's so funny because last season we started off and we were like, yeah, season two, like 2020 is going to be our year. And that No one foresaw this. For those of you who are just joining us and are meeting uh, Sapna and I for the first time, welcome. And for those of you who are longtime listeners, welcome back. Um, we're both students, so COVID has changed the way we live. Both Sapna and I are back in the Bay Area. We are not here during the school year. Uh, I am in Philadelphia at Drexel, and Sapna is in LA at UCLA. So yeah. definitely a huge change it's on super that weird. front. Yeah, because we're like, what, two, three miles away from each other right now, but we're on Zoom and recording um, because we want to make this happen, but maintain um, CDC guidelines and all of that. Um, but it's been a crazy few months. Um, I came back like March 17th or so, and today it's July 28th. So um, we've been in this for a bit and it's been a challenging few months i think um because we're both on quarter system we started and finished our spring quarter online which was super weird online yeah um yeah just having classes interacting it was really really different uh than what we're used to um and college was completely completely different um being a student was different there's just so much uncertainty with everything going on. Um, Sonia, do you feel the same way for you? Yeah, I think, you know, I've taken online classes before, but the shift was very, very stark, right? Like I don't live at home normally. Um, I'm in a two bedroom apartment with my mom and sister right now. And so I don't have my own space here at home. And that makes things a little bit difficult. It's also the first time I've been home for this long since I started college and I think the same for you and so the struggle has been like you know not wanting to get back into the mentality and the headspace that I was when I lived here while I was in high school and also wanting to manage how I'm doing with like a lack of space after being so used to having my own space um and that also impacts like mental health doesn't it oh totally without a doubt I feel like just in terms of the uncertainty of it all I know a lot of my friends are taking the MCAT this summer and even I wasn't planning on doing it but I was like if I'm home all day every day might as well and there's just so much up in the air we don't know what the next 
six months are going to look like. We don't know what the next year is going to look like or even moving forward from that. So kind of just grappling with that is super, super anxiety provoking, at least speaking for myself. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I mean, you know, also we're both living at home. So that means interacting (laughs) with our family on a daily basis, which we're not, which I mean, we did growing up our whole lives, but like we haven't done it the same way for the past, for me, almost four years, for you, almost three. Yeah. I think what's super interesting is, you know, I I heard this when I was coming back after my freshman year of college and, and they say there's this whole like growing pains because it's so tough to come back after you've been in college for a whole school year. Um, and I think that's been the case right now, except it's magnified because we've been here for longer and we're still taking classes and we're doing the whole school thing. And while we being actually can't leave the house. It's not just our South Asian parents telling oh, yeah. us we can't leave yeah. the house. Yeah. Um, Now I just listen to Dr. Fauci and like what he (laughs) says goes. Um, So I've been home uh, for the most part. But yeah, it's, I think you bring up a good point in terms of just this, having the space and interacting with family all the time and, and not so much our friends, um, which, what, which is what we've been used to over the last few years. Exactly. Exactly. And I think like, you know, that lack of space is something that I've dealt with every time I come home. And so my response, like my way to deal with that is going out all the time and like hanging Mm -hmm. out with friends 24-7 so I don't have to deal with this lack of space. (laughs) But, you know, speaking of how COVID is impacting like our mental health, um, I mean, this episode is all about COVID and mental health. Um, But another thing I wanted to bring up that we actually mentioned uh, on our Instagram page um, was that July is BIPOC Mental Health Awareness Month. And I think that was super awesome. Uh, the Mental Health of America released uh, you know, statements about it. Jed Foundation released statements about it. A lot of mental health organizations are talking about it. And we go a little bit into it um, in our second or third to last post. So check that out if you haven't already. Um, but let's go to the to the root of what we're talking about today, which is COVID-19 and mental health. Yeah, so I think just like anecdotally, we've been talking about how it's been kind of challenging to be at home. You know, there's doing all the school stuff. Um, there's just knowing that the world is literally in shambles. And mm-hmm. we'll go into this more as the season continues. Um, but not as, as we know, it's not just a matter of COVID-19 and the health impacts of this pandemic, but it's like the economic aspects, the political aspects, um, just everything that's going on socially. It's just so much going on and it's super, super challenging to grapple with. Um, and for that reason, I think it's, it's no surprise that mental health is on the decline. And it's no surprise that if you open your phone and go on social media, people are posting um, all these sort of infographics and helpful uh, resources and information about mental health and mental illness um yeah and I mean you know like you mentioned there is the pandemic portion of it like the fact that people are being diagnosed with COVID in the United States at least like we our numbers are on the rise um but also the the impacts of COVID outside of health you know something you mentioned economic so that's not surprisingly um can result in experiencing anxiety, sleeplessness, irritability, feelings of hopelessness, um, especially if 
as a result, like you lost your job during COVID um, or, you know, your hours got cut. I have so many friends um, whose internships got canceled because of this. And this was how they were going to pay for rent. Um, This was how they were going to get their next job because you can't get another job without a previous job and like tons of experience. You know, there are families who are were just waiting for months for their stimulus check um, or their unemployment checks because they couldn't pay for their rent or their food or to take care of their children. Um, yeah. I, I think it's super interesting because it's something that we bring up a lot um, on this podcast is intersectionality. And I think um, I'm a public health minor and a human biology major, so you'll hear this a lot, but it's just the whole idea of like, this pandemic is furthermore poking all of the holes in our healthcare system that we've already had. And not only just the healthcare system, but economic systems, the political rifts, all of those sort of things. The housing crisis, everything. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. homelessness. Like it's just so interdisciplinary and so multifaceted. And like, it's so frustrating thinking about like just the magnitude of ways that this pandemic is like screwing people over. and like not even to mention the health risks like we've i think as of right now it's what like 1000 people in the united states are are dying every day of this like it's no joke and that's per day that's yeah, yeah. Per i mean day. we've we've surpassed every other country in deaths and in By just far. diagnoses yep um and it's frustrating the way it's being handled you know that creates uncertainty um not knowing when your next check is coming in or if the government is going to cancel rent um is another uncertainty you know these are these are very real things as an effect of covid as a consequence of covid that can impact your mental well-being yeah you know we've talked about um the loneliness pandemic or epidemic yeah and like the whole concept of like we're all at home we're all socially physically whatever distancing um at least most of us hopefully are um but yeah it's just the whole idea of like personally professionally we're all in shambles and like yeah socially yeah. it's been hard to find those same connections that we are able to have um and in a pre-covid world um, exactly and like on that note so people have like been really you know talking about how social distancing can lead to an effect on our mental health and like totally. we're very social beings and like human contact is necessary and all of these things which is completely valid yeah but, like we we were not evolved to talk through zoom you exactly. and i were not evolved to do our podcast over zoom <laughs> season three was not supposed to be on zoom but no 100 <laughs> and i mean like i get it i really do like we all get it you know yeah. you're listening at home to this from your room because you haven't been able to leave i <laughs> i understand you know um and then there's this con that this like loneliness epidemic leads into this conversation about the rise in uh potential mental illness and suicide mm-hmm. yeah um, and another thing that sonia and i've been talking a lot about is um and i read this really interesting article on the atlantic about it but just kind of how this whole like 
the morality behind COVID-19 and um, social distancing is also creating rifts between friendships. And we're seeing that a lot where, um, you know, you're sitting at home and you look at social media and you see everyone else, not everyone else, hopefully, but a lot of other people like hanging out and not caring about social distancing. At least for me, that's been very, very taxing to see friends of mine doing that. And I'm kind of like, no, don't do that. And, you know, you get, you get upset about it. And that once again is contributing. Yeah, of course, without a doubt. Yeah. And, you know, when the pandemic started becoming more serious in the U.S. and when we had to leave college in mid-March to come home and in California, we were in shelter in place right away. um, I started thinking about this, you know, I started thinking about how is COVID going to affect my mental health specifically? Because, um, you know, I, I've been diagnosed with major depressive disorder. I've lived with it for a very long time. I was like, I, I chose to leave home for several reasons associated with that. And like, I found ways to cope with my depression while I was in Philadelphia. And part of that was space. And so I was mentally preparing myself on the way home, like on the plane ride home. I was like, okay, I didn't know how long I was going to be home. I also don't think I had planned for it to be this long. I was like, you know what? I'm going to be home. It's fine. I'll figure it out. And I was just like, you know, and I was, I was just mentally preparing myself because I was like so worried that it was going to put me, it was going to counteract all of the work I put in into being in the place that I am like mentally and then the conversation starts happening you know across like the mental health networks and health networks and mainstream media and news outlets it's like we have a mental health crisis because of the pandemic and I was thinking about that and like I work with mental health organizations and I work with students within them and we we all talked about it we all talked about how the (laughs) the way this pandemic was going to affect us and the way it was going to affect our mental health. And I was on a panel with the Judd Foundation and uh, We Rise LA to talk about COVID and mental health. Um, This was back in May. And Dr. Victor Schwartz, um, who works with Judd, made a point that since he said, I can't get out of my mind, and I think is really important um piece to include in this conversation is that there is a pandemic going on there's a global pandemic of course people are feeling stressed of course they're feeling distressed you know and distress is a completely valid and normal response and we should not be pathologizing this distress and turn it into we all have mental illness. Hmm. That's really interesting. And I, cause I think, you know, typically on this podcast, we talk about how can we destigmatize mental illness and how can we, you know, embrace mental illnesses that folks may have. And now we're kind of saying, wait, take a step back and really think about what exactly is going on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because like, it feels a little, I get it. And like, But we are in a global pandemic. We do need to cut ourselves some slack. Like stress is within reason. And I don't think there's a a need to pathologize. And for those of you who don't know, pathologizing is like kind of assigning 
a disorder to it or like making it a disease. Exactly. Putting a label on it. And it's, you know, the uncertainty, the stress, the anxiety. I'm not saying it's not valid. Not at all. It, I'm just saying it makes sense and it's a response. And there is a difference between having a disorder that is a chemical in the result of a chemical imbalance within your brain and being stressed because there's a pandemic. And I like, I understand why he said that as well, because, you know, if we're all going through this together, the goal isn't to tell everyone that they're all depressed. The goal is to validate their feelings and normalize them. Because when I know that the way I'm feeling is normal, I'm going to feel less secluded and elusive and distanced. That's a really good point. I think also when you when you bring up the concept about like how are folks who already had diagnosed uh, mental illnesses, like how are they maybe impacted? I don't want to say more, but like in a different way. Yeah, um, yeah. And- I think I think that's a very fair concern to have. Like isolation and not having access to therapy or medication yeah. during a pandemic is a very real thing that can exacerbate symptoms. Totally. And similar to how people who don't have mental illnesses or diagnosed mental illnesses are feeling things that they haven't felt before. Mm-hmm. It just, it, I don't know how to, I don't want people to like come out of this being like, I'm depressed or I have anxiety. Yeah. Cause it's, it's going to be tough. Like people are going to come out of this changed forever. I mean, this world is going to be changed forever. It's already um, changing so drastically. Um, But I think that's a good point. And, you know, understanding the importance of, of normalizing how weird we're feeling. And I know I've been talking to friends and everyone's like, ah, everyone feels so sla- uh, flaky and like it's weird hanging out with people because everyone's just so sad to be around. Because, you know, it's, it's a tough time. The world's a really sad place right now. And I, I think that goes to show how important it is to, to normalize being upset and confused and having those feelings of uncertainty because there is just so much up in the air and And that's a process of destigmatization that we're talking about right Mm -hmm. the idea is that like everyone has mental health yeah everyone can experience bad days everyone can be feeling you know depressive symptoms anxious symptoms that's completely valid, especially during a global pandemic. And like Mayo Clinic addressed it, that yeah, we need to recognize what's typical and what's not. And that is kind of the line that draws, that is drawn when it comes to diagnosing. I, I think that's a really good point, um, especially when you mentioned people feel those symptoms of anxiety and depression during a pandemic. You know, we we probably saw the same thing back in um, the Great Depression in the, in the 1920s. And, you know, these feelings of stress are very, very normal because life is tough and everyone's going to react differently. And, but more than anything, like it's super normal yeah, uh, what you're so, feeling, what we're feeling. Um, and then these challenges are just going to exacerbate it once again. Like mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. knowing when your next paycheck is going to come or having your internship canceled two weeks before it was supposed to start. And, you know, not, we still don't know our fall quarter plans really. Like they're yeah. still up in the air. And yeah. it's not just- knowing, like, 
I know my anxiety is at an all-time high when I go out, mm-hmm. like if I go to like Costco or something. Yep. And I'm just everyone's wearing masks because it's mandated in California, but like I still get so much anxiety and I like yep. start to panic because it's just like there's too many people, I feel unsafe, and that's going to be a huge result as well. Yeah. But you made a great uh, you mentioned the Great Depression in the 1920s. Um like there was actually an increase in white male suicides mm-hmm. um, as a result of the um, Great Depression because, you know, these were all people who had invested in the stock market and then it yep. crashed. Yep. So, the, like, the point is, the point being that, like, again, there is, there is a reason that the stress is happening and there is a reason that you feel the way you feel and, like, it is valid. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean don't get help. Like, yeah, absolutely research out for help because you don't need to have a mental illness to take care of your mental health. Yeah. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And I think we we try to mention this a lot in our podcast, but like seek therapy if you need it. If you need it, even if you don't feel like you need it, but you think you might benefit from it, go out and do that. Because once again, you don't need like a diagnosed mental illness to, to seek help. Um, and I think if you take away anything from this, that should be it. Like, yeah, it's I mean, super important to address those symptoms of anxiety, depression, or whatever that we might be feeling. Um, there's also a really great segue for this because South Asian therapists is now a thing, which is like yeah. oh a network gosh. to look up South Asian therapists that you can talk to. And thanks to COVID, we can do telehealth now. Yeah. Um, but even just like, not even, um, therapy, if like that's not an option that is feasible for you, will you know, there's a lot of different things that you can do to take care of your mental health. And part of the first step is, in my opinion, the first step is, in fact, um, normalizing and validating your feelings. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's huge because, you know, as we're saying that in the next few years or, or decades, who knows how long the impacts of this pandemic are going to last. But we're going to see an increase in, in mental health issues and, and so many like remnants of, of what's going on right now. And I think the more that we destigmatize this conversation and the more that we normalize these feelings of um, having anxiety, anxiety symptoms and depression symptoms and all of this and normalize therapy, I think we will be so much more equipped as a society to handle this and to, to tackle this. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, it's super tough. <laughs> it's so tough. And like, we're going to continue talking about that this season. Um, and there's no way that we wouldn't make this season so intertwined with what's going on in the world. Um, because that's, I mean, isn't that what our podcast is about? Isn't it about yeah. exploring the intersection of our identities, but our identities mm-hmm. are inherently informed by the environment around us. Yeah. And so there's a lot of gray area. We don't have the answers to things. Like, um, we don't know, you know, is the point of this conversation was that like, there are two sides to every coin and like, yeah. there are different types of conversations and different perspectives that need to be seen and looked at, um, during these conversations. Yeah. And there's a lot of gray area. And um, also like, 
like we were talking about earlier, those two sides are, you know, one, do we pathologize um, what's going on right now? And do we say like, okay, we might have to prescribe more SSRIs moving forward and we might have to do this and that. Or do we say everyone should look into themselves and see like what is typical and what's not and trying to see um, how we move forward from here. But I think more than anything, we've talked about just continuing these conversations about mental health and realize that these conversations have been happening for a long time. These are not new conversations and they're going to continue to happen post COVID and by being more open um, and normalizing this, then we can really, really evoke change, I think. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Loudmouth Like Bees. You can catch a new episode next week on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. A huge shout out to Colors of Roshni for the beautiful episode artwork this season, DHK Designs for our amazing logo, and DJ Nubia for this bomb soundtrack. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at loudmouthleadkeys or shoot us an email at loudmouthleadkeys at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts and we'll see you next week.